Clay, do you have a uh, outside of the realm of Star Trek? Do you have a favorite animated movie? Uh, favorite animated movie. You know, I keep. I usually come back to The Incredibles because at the time, The Incredibles was the best superhero comic book movie ever made. Uh, and it still holds up really well. I think that's pretty high up there. Although I also really love Wally. Wally's really great too. Yeah. <laughs> Pixar's done a, a lot of good. I think I, I have a couple. I, I flip flop between like the the original Lion King. Mm. Uh, Toy Story three is really good. Oh, I think yeah, yeah. Up, up is really good. Um, uh, you know, I both of those I've never been able to bring myself to watch because it falls into that category now where like when people talk about it, they talk about how depressing and sad it is. And I'm like, ah, I don't really know if I feel like putting myself through that. Like, my mother loves that shit. She a- actively stayed ho- one night day. She was home from work sick, and she spent her day watching Marley and me. Yeah. Like, on purpose. <laughs> and like so, and it's just like, I, I'm, I'm at that point where there's some things where I don't necessarily know if I, if I, if I know that they're going to, you know, make me cry. I don't really know if I feel like doing that willingly yeah and brian <laughs> opening it up i think up is only sad in the opening kind of that's the the heartstrings famous opening sequence thing mm, where they, yeah. they they do that but uh yeah they're um i i think that's pretty much that's pretty much it for me i mean i i just said said that as a segue because we're about to talk about the animated short tracks that just came out there's two of them so we'll do that right after this we're going to play some music and then we'll get into it accessing library computer data world isn't always adhere to logic and sometimes when you're lost you're found so the episodes we're going to be talking about today are called the girl who made the stars and ephraim and dot they're the two new animated short tracks that just came out they're both about seven and a half minutes long they came out on the same day to make it uh, a full-length feature short track experience, I guess, of about 15 <laughs> minutes. The Girl, sure. who made, Girl Who Made the Stars was the fourth of the second series of these things, written by Brandon Schultz, directed by Ulatunde uh, Osun Sanmi. In this one, when well a lightning done. storm in space scares a young Michael Burnham, her father aims to ease her fears with a mythical story about a brave little girl who faced her own fears head on. The second one is called Ephraim and Dot. It is the fifth one of the second series of these things, written by Chris Silvestri and Anthony Moranville, directed by Michael Giacchino, I guess. Ephraim, a humble tardigrade, is flying through the mycelial network when an unexpected encounter takes her on a bewildering adventure through space. Clay, which one did you like better? Um, did you like either, I guess? I, <laughs> I did. I enjoyed them. I thought they were both really cute, uh, and I thought they were fairly well done. Um, uh, my, my, my first instinct is to Ephraim and Dot because of all the Star Trek shit that was in it. But I think the other one is probably a better story. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I guess the one thing we, the one thing that we learned from, from the girl who made the stars is I guess we know where, uh, where Burnham got her superiority complex from. <laughs> <laughs> they start them young start them young with that kind of yeah. stuff i thought um uh, i thought ephraim and dot was basically better in every way than the other one uh which is not to say that the girl who made the stars was bad but the girl who made the stars felt like uh it felt like kind of a a half baked version of everything yeah i think like I, I wasn't crazy about the animation the animation felt like kind of a studio being pressed to put something together pretty quickly sure. and sure. I, th- I think that the 
I like the story of the girl who made the stars, and I think it's a nice Star Trek parable where they tie in this like African folklore story of you know uh, trying to break free of the darkness and to try to try to find like the light enlightenment basically a very star right. trekky exploration type of theme i thought that worked pretty well it's nice to get a little bit of backstory about burnham and her parents even if it's just an animated short like that i think mm-hmm. that's a nice way to tie it in and keep things simple but i thought that afram and dot was like really good uh in a lot of yeah. ways i, I like the animation i kind i like the story i like the way that they tied in the old audio clips into it and stuff like that was that. fun yeah yeah it was, it was interesting i liked that one and i i left happy with both of these which i can't say about yeah. a lot of the short tracks but i was i was pleasantly surprised by both of them Dad! michael michael i'm here it's okay it's okay what 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 is it it was so scary it was so scary shadow again huh computer Aluminum. I mean, lo- um, illuminate. That's what I said. Make it brighter. Computer illuminate. Yeah, I um, I I really enjoyed. I, I enjoyed both of them. I I liked. Uh, it was interesting to see that Michael Giacchino uh, directed the second one because it is very much. There's not. There's no dialogue in it. It's very much. Um, almost musically driven. It, he's a composer. It seems like. Yeah. 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 He's the composer of. Uh, he's not the regular series composer, but I think he wrote the theme song or he's the music supervisor or something he wrote he did the music for the the two the jj abrams trek movies he's, yep. very, he's a very good composer um yeah it was it was it was good i i actually i love the way that the enterprise looked uh animated that way it just it was a nice um that that sort of cell shading animation that's not quite pixar and not quite 2d yeah uh, I thought lent itself very well to the ship. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. I thought it was, I, I would it was like a to nice, see a nice series in that de- in that design. Actually, like I, th- I think that that kind of animation could do a Star Trek series. I know that they're not, and none of the upcoming yeah. ones are going to look like this. But I thought it was a I, um, clever sort of mix of the old and new. Yeah, I think they would have to take a hard look at how they do the people in that animation because i didn't think the people looked very good they you only see p- people for like half a second but I, they looked pretty pretty stock mm-hmm. um the one thing you know i i i i don't care about details when it comes to this stuff but i before i realized exactly what they were doing uh when they showed the shot inside the window during the con episode yeah, <laughs> I was kind of I, I was kind of disappointed that they didn't update the uniforms to be discovery specific. So mm. like they they were they were clearly just wearing the original series colored sweatshirts. Yes. Um, and I was kind of like, oh, I wish they had given, you know, Kirk the the um, what's his name? The Pike jacket, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, w- once I saw what they were doing, I was like, oh, OK, yeah, no, no never mind. I like when they when they're flying through the ship Ephraim and Dot and they hit all the laundry pile. It's just the the red, yellow, and blue yes, uniforms yeah. in the pile. Like it, it had a lot of cute touches like that. And the basic plot of it is just they combine Discovery and TOS together by having this tardigrade who is trying to lay eggs on the ship or something, and then she gets chased off by those little dot bots, the ones that we saw in the end of season two of Discovery, the things that come out to try to repair the ship or keep things safe. Oh, honestly, didn't even remember that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 where that guy comes from. So sure. They have a kind of antagonistic relationship and then the Tardigrade chases the Enterprise through its five year mission, trying to catch up mm. with it through this montage of all the stuff that you're familiar with from TOS and then it ends with uh the destruction of the Enterprise from Search for Spock. And mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I thought it was. Um, I, I liked it because I thought that it, it did a good job of. It, it is like a very celebratory TOS thing, but it, it gives you enough of a new sort of take on the story and a new, uh, a new character and a new animation style where it feels like it justifies its existence as a short. Sure. In this way, sure. and this yeah. is really all I want from these things, and. You know, it. it I, no one was begging for tardigrade backstory, and if you even want to argue <laughs> that this tar- is tardigrade's backstory, but I think it just it does a good job of mixing old stuff with new stuff in a way that's like pleasant to watch. It doesn't really ruin anything for you. You're not thinking too hard about what's going on, but it's it's fun. I guess would be the the main takeaway from it. Yeah, I thought it was. You know, it's a nice, simple story. Um, hits the story beats pretty solidly and gives you gives you a. Uh, you know, and all the talk of fan service, I would say this is a very fan service-y short. Yep. Yep. Um, but I don't see that as a bad thing in this case. Only uh my only my only surprise from it was that I thought that Dot was kind of a dick to this yeah. to the to poor Tardigrade. Um but it comes he comes through in the end by being the good guy, but he's he's doing a lot of tasering of the Tardigrade and uh picking him up and slamming him on the ground endlessly or her on the ground over and over again. Yeah, I um, I did have my my nerd brain did kick in for a second before I told it to shut up and stop thinking stupid stuff. Where I was, I was thinking, I understand what they're doing, but you're telling me that the Enterprise never went back to base and nobody left. And I mean, there's like ten years between the movies here. I don't know why he can't just go in and get these eggs like while nobody else is on the ship. It's not like they're constantly flying for fifteen years. There's a point where this thing gets stopped, gets retrofitted. They probably find the eggs while they're retrofitting the Enterprise. And then I was like, just shut up brain that's just enjoy it that's stupid <laughs> you just enjoy the stupid story <laughs> yeah i i like where the, does this fit into canon wes i know it's it's tough that it can't uh i feel like the animation separates it from canon in a way like i, I don't really consider the animated series to be canon for mm-hmm. you know apparently it is but it seems too strange and out of left field for it to actually be canon so i kind of treat these ones the same way anything yeah. that's animated I, doesn't feel real I would like to take the opportunity to say something I've been thinking recently, and that is that in the the era that we live in right now, I don't think canon is a thing anymore. And I know that's – I don't mean that in just Star Trek. I mean that in anything because things get revamped, rebooted, redone, remade, sequelized, skipping skipping other movies, blah, 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 so frequently and so at the whim of – any creator who's allowed to to play with the property that I don't think Canon is a thing you need to worry about anymore because everything is Canon, but also nothing is Canon. So it's all what you decide that you want to adhere to at this point. So I think that's a good, a good thing to remember when you're going to get mad about whether or not something is Canon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. What did you, uh, you sounded more positive on the, uh, the girl who made the stars story was there. Any no, I think you kind of talked me out of it. Honestly, uh, <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, I was just. I was. You know. That was the. I, I came away from that one being like, oh, that was a nice story. That was. You know. That was uh, just pretty straightforward. Nice little parable that they told. Um, I. I. When they showed that that robot alien thing at the end, I was like, is this going to come back somehow? In the. Th-? I, that's what was kind of getting me about these two. Is the other ones that they've done up to this point? Uh, I'm still not 
out of the mindset that these are somehow going to play into the upcoming season. Yep. These two very clearly don't feel like that's going to be the case. Well, at least the Efferman dot doesn't. Um, but when they when they were doing the stuff where like the alien gives the kid this this ball with the stars and stuff, a part of me was like, is this alien going to is this going to be like Burnham is going to remember this halfway through season three Deja when vu. she sees when she sees the uh, the same ship is now three thousand years into the future where they are or whatever it is, you know. I um, but uh, take that aside again. Getting out of my own continuity canon head which you shouldn't be in in the first place to try to enjoy stuff uh yeah i thought it was just a nice a nice little story um yeah i I would say both of them i think i like both of them more or less the same yeah yeah no i know there's not a lot to say about them really besides the fact that they're they're very light and uh pleasant i guess i would describe i I think i i was really just sort of thrown off by the animation of the girl who made the stars i just don't think it's very good it feels like one of those after school cgi shows at that point where it feels pretty stock and not a lot of detail in it or anything like that and the the second one ephraim and dot was really kind of impressive with how much unique animation was going on in there like a lot of movement a lot of stuff I wonder how much of that is is due to the style because the style of the first one requires a lot more finely rendered stuff. Yeah, uh, yep. because it is that sort of Pixar look where it's 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 like a caricature, but it still has real texture to it. And if you're if you're going to do that, and you don't have the time and the money to do that, then it's going to feel a little bit uh, undercooked. Yeah, but that the uh, the more uh, cell shaded stuff has. You got a little bit more leeway when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, I just like I just like it better too. I think it's a better art style than the other one. Yeah. It's, it looks more eye catching and eye popping, and I think that the um, the colors show better in in Star mm. Trek for that kind of thing. Like it's very brightly lit and uh, in, in a way that the first one isn't because the first one deals with darkness and everything like that. That said, how. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I just think the the main positive I think of the first one is that I think the first one thematically feels like Star Trek in a way that's not really fan servicey in the way that the sure. second one is. And I think that if you were the script for the first one is probably better just because it that kind of sums up a uh like what a short of these should be to me, where mm. it's a character story and you get this uh, beats about some of the characters that exist and uh, this is Burnham growing up and she hears, hears this story but you could see why a story like this from her father would inspire her to be a Star Trek character yeah you know yeah uh, I was just going to ask generally do you how do you feel uh, about CGI animation versus traditional animation traditional meaning like hand-drawn 2D animation uh I mean, the, what was the what was even the last hand-drawn Disney? It's probably been forever since that happened, right? It might it be Lion King? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of doesn't really exist anymore. The, the reason that I bring it up is because uh, you know these things take so much work. Like any animation of any kind takes so much work. CGI takes so much work. And I I was I was talking to my mother one time, and she was go she was saying how much she loved the 2d animation and how the old Disney movies, you could see the pencil marks and stuff. And she really, she really doesn't like the, the new 3d stuff. And she put, she said, do they even have artists who work on that stuff? Mm-hmm. And my, the back of my head just blew off. I was <laughs> like, I, you know, it's not like they open up a window on a computer and they type the Incredibles and then Render. the characters show up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, it's interesting that there is, there, 
it, I don't think it's I don't think it's limited to just animation. I think it comes with CGI in general. Where I think there is this weird um, dismissing of it that somehow it doesn't require the same amount of work yeah. that other stuff does. Yeah, and I'm I'm really curious as to where that comes from. I don't know if it's if it's a uh, a rendering thing where it's like, oh, that looks fake. Clearly, this took no effort to do. When it's like, no, a bunch of people spent a lot of time making that, and it looks that way because they ran out of money and time. You, you, you know, know what the- it, it's really interesting. You know what the analog to that is, I think? What's that? Um, I think I always think about this where a, like, I think of a vinyl record, right? Mm-hmm. And then think about an MP3 file. Yes. To me, it seems like it's almost easier or it makes more sense how an MP3 works than a vinyl record does. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think that the hand-drawn animation is kind of the same thing. Like, you... You 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 can more vi- like viscerally understand what it means to draw something than it is to render something on a computer, just because a lot yes. of people don't deal with computer work doing things like yeah. that. And vinyl yeah. records are kind of the same. Like dragging the needle over the like groove to make a sound is seems like it's like the most arcane, unbelievable thing that you can do, mm-hmm. and it's easy to just render an MP3 and listen to it in, and, in some ways. And I think that's. Not to get into this whole discussion, but I think that's what part essentially destroyed the music industry is because when things got digital, music lost its its value because it, it there was nothing to link it to. It was just oh yeah, see it's, it's it, it takes two seconds to download it to my computer or I stream it and then that's it. So people don't pay for it anymore. Yep. Where there's the the reason that you you pay for things is because you find value in them generally. Um. And that's kind of what made me skew back towards vinyl um, is that I just enjoy the feeling of, of it feels like more of an event and, and more of a, a artistic work when you've got this big thing in your hand. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> when you've got this piece of artwork in your hands that you can look at that is, has a physical form and stuff and you can and you can hear the process happening when you listen to it versus – Type in Spotify and then you just open uh, the entire discography of of White Snake or whatever. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Which I love to do that as well. But it's it's interesting how that the ease of accessibility ends up making things seem like they're worth less. Yeah, yeah. I guess we can wrap this one up. There was also news related to this that uh, the VFX company that did the Lion King and the Sonic the Hedgehog redo <laughs> went out of business. Mm-hmm basically um, dude they all know that uh, i don't know what what the end of that story is but they all do yeah that it's, I, it's just i think it ties into the lack of um understanding of that technology yeah. because they're obviously not funded well enough to do the work that yeah. it takes to do so there um a friend of mine posted this short documentary years ago now i i'll try to find it if i can about the fx company that did the special effects for life of pi um and that year, they won a bunch of Oscars for special effects and all this kind of stuff. And that company went bankrupt, like I think during the production or like just after, because the way that the 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 way that those things work is all of that stuff is like job to job, company to company. So like if a company gets a, a job for a big movie, their time crunch is so big that they have to hire a whole bunch of people. And so you've got people who are sort of, you know, guns for hire who have to move to Vancouver to work on Life of Pi for six months yep. or three months or whatever. 
And then by the time that's over, they've put so much, so many resources into that thing, it's actually drained their resources to keep their, their business afloat. So then that company falls apart. Yeah. And it's really, it's, it's not, it's not a great, uh, the, the visual effects business is not great. Yeah. No, it's, it's very tough. similar. It sounds very similar to the way video games work too. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're, you're also, you have to pay highly trained salaries. You know, it's, you're, you're not, you're not pulling in entry level workers to do right, this job like right. you're paying for highly paid professionals who have skills that they alone carry so you have to pay them a salary that's commiserate with that and yeah it's i mean it's it's expensive obviously it's just yeah. I, I think hollywood just hasn't caught up with the fact of how expensive it is and and just to do just to be like just to be the company that does that sonic thing where they fucked it up so badly and then they're like we have to redo all this and they just apparently did it under the gun like working yeah. long hours and that just bankrupts the the company i guess so who knows yeah it- there's, I think that stuff in general. There's a disconnect as to as to people understanding what it takes to do. Uh, there's uh, another video I saw online that actually our friend Jim sent me a while ago. He's where he was like, watch this video and just listen to what they say at the end. And it was a video breakdown of how they did like a lightning effect in uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians mm-hmm. years again years ago. And it was like Zeus with a lightning bolt coming down and like charging up his staff and all this kind of, it's a fairly simple looking effect and the guy goes through the thing and he's like then this layer happens and this and this this and then they show the finished effect and then he's like i'd like to thank all the people who worked on this and then he listed off like 15 people yep. to do this like half second special effect <laughs> and it's like this must have taken so fucking long to do but nobody recognizes how long this stuff takes to do not even the people who are asking them to do it like uh i i remember um the fantastic Mr. Fox. I'm sorry, I'm getting way off topic here. But the uh, fantastic Mr. Fox, the Wes Anderson movie, the CGI, the claymation movie. I think it was claymation. It was either claymation or it was made to look like claymation. Yeah, it was like stop, they would stop motion. Yeah, stop motion. They would do these shots, and then Wes Anderson had never worked with that stuff before, so he would look at the shot and he's like, "Ah, eh, I don't know. Can we do it this way?" And the guys would be like, "Yeah, come back in like a month." Yeah. Yep. You know, because we, we need to do everything over. You can't just snap your fingers and this stuff happens. So A lot of storyboarding for that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Star Trek, these were fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, call it, we'll call it a day there. I mean, these were, Sorry, there's not I, a lot I to, didn't mean to ramble. No, there's not a lot to say about these ones. Like, I, I, I guess my, the major takeaway is that I like them compared to the other ones. And it's just, I, I think maybe they should sim- uh, shoot for simple. And, you know, I'm... Maybe the other takeaway, I guess, is that you I think like you, I think you could do animated like two Star characters, Trek characters, simple like two characters in an elevator for eight minutes. Basically, yeah, except animated. Yeah. I th- I think you could do an animated Star Trek show. I guess is the other takeaway from this, which is coming. So it's good to know that it is possible, um, and that it I I would view it as, especially if it's in the style of the Ephraim and Dot one. I thought that Star mm. Trek looked good in that universe. It made sense that those were the kind of uh, that was the kind of visual aspect that would be to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I wonder if either of these styles are going to be what the lower decks cartoon looks like, or if they're just going to do a more traditional. That's like, more traditional. It looks more like yeah. um, what would it look Morty. like? It looked uh, not Family Guy, but something in the vein of that. Like it looks much more like a traditional show that you'd see on Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, that's it for Ephraim and Dot and the Girl Who Made the Stars. Let us know, guys, what you thought about them. Uh, and there's only one short track left after this one, which had a terrible trailer that uh, was at the end of it. It's called Children of Mars, but 
I thought that was a Picard one, but we'll see. It didn't look like it. Had, I guess it is a prequel to Picard, so it must focus on another character. Um, that's about it. It We're, didn't look super engaging. No, but... it looked really melodramatic and terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what it is and how it ties into the, uh, Picard. But that's it. Thank you guys very much for listening. You can support the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. Otherwise, all the social media links are there. And otherwise, DS9 continues, and we will be back uh, to wrap up our DS9 coverage pretty soon. And then we'll have uh, the last short track after that's all done. So thank you very much for listening. See you later. <laughs>